0: It's your American Patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. I am the warrior. With insight and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, we welcome you to the U.S. Patriot Show. Talk radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters, remember you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy. And now, coming from our WGBB studios in the tri state area, your Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross.
1: Hello, and welcome to this very special Memorial Weekend episode of the Jewish Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am a proud Jewish patriot, but I am a proud American patriot. And I want to thank every single person out there who has family members that have made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can actually be together on this Memorial Day weekend. As many of you know, I open each and every show with my pearls of wisdom because I am Zisel Peril, which means sweet pearl in Yiddish. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Memorial Day because a lot of people really don't understand what Memorial Day represents. Memorial Day is different than Veterans Day because it actually honors uh, and mourns those that died while in service in U.S. military. That's for everybody. It didn't matter where they came from, what state, if they came from a city or a county, their religious backgrounds, their ages. If they died uh, in service while in the military, then we honor them on this day and we will never forget them. I wanted to make two points. First of all, Many of us really haven't lived through a world war or a major war where there were so many deaths. I bet if you ask the average student today, they don't even know which war most Americans died in while fighting. That's a very sad point. So I'm going to share with you a little history that I found out about Memorial Day. The first national observance of Memorial Day occurred on May 30th, 1868. It was known as Declaration Day, and it was a holiday proclaimed by the Commander-in-Chief John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic to honor Union soldiers who died in the Civil War, which, by the way, the Civil War is the only war that Americans died on American soil, and we had the most casualties. The National Service was preceded by many local ones at the end of the Civil War, and many cities and people claimed it to be the first to observe it around the country in many different parades and ceremonies. Official recognition as a holiday spread among the states beginning with New York in 1873, and by 1890, every Union state adopted it. The World Wars turned it into day of remembrance for all members of the US military who fought and died in service, and in nineteen seventy one, Congress standardized the holiday as Memorial Day and changed its observance to the last Monday in May. There are two other days that celebrate those who served and are serving in the US military, which is the Armed Forces Day earlier in May and in That is an unofficial U.S. holiday for honoring those currently serving in the armed forces. And, of course, Veterans Day, November 11th, which honors those who've served in the United States Armed Forces. And there are many observances that have changed and been updated. But most important, all of us should take part in something. I, myself, am taking part in multiple parades over the weekend. And I know there are many uh, barbecues and fundraisers for veterans organizations and family members. And everybody should just give at least 15 minutes, a half hour of their time to think how they can honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have our freedoms, even during these troubled times. And the second point I want to make is I want to honor the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, the great-great-great, if you go back to the Civil War, and all the uh, nieces and nephews and cousins that are either named after uh, military men lost with honor or they just know brief stories. Unfortunately, those stories have dwindled as the generations pass them on Unless is remembered of them. We must never forget any soldier that gave their lives so that we can enjoy our freedoms, so that we can be patriots. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It doesn't matter whether or not you were born here or became a legal citizen. There are many people today that are celebrating and thinking how their past, their loss in the past is a big part of your present and hopefully your future. Thank you, everybody out there who are family members and friends and neighbors of those who gave their lives. Because we can't say it to them personally. We could go honor them at their graves and at services but you guys are really the people who suffered the most and who should be honored on these days so that we never forget your loved ones. You're going to meet local veterans and you're going to meet the mother of a veteran. Many of you know her because she's been all over the news and how we should treat our veterans that do come back from war with more respect. Joining the Jewess Patriot family is Lata Stein. She is a licensed fitness coach, and she works with many people of all ages throughout Long Island and Queens, and she is available to come to you. And what's more important is she's going to be on the show regularly with some tips that you can start to work at home. She has very reasonable rates. She works with individuals and in small groups. She helps people out, even if they have some health issues, some disability issues. She tailors her fitness training to what you need. So to tell us a couple of tips that we can follow at home before we hire you as our coach.
2: Hi, everyone. So tip number one is to cook 80% of your meals at home because when you cook your foods at home, you know exactly what you're putting in it. And that's very important for health and weight management. Also, tip number two drink your body weight in water to hydrate yourself and to flush toxins out of your body. Uh, number three, plan your workouts or have a trainer plan them because it's very good to go into a gym knowing what you're going to be doing so you're not overwhelmed. Number four is stretching. It's excellent for the central nervous system. It lengthens and elongates your muscles. And the fifth tip is recovery. Your body constantly needs to recover. Without recovery, you'll never
1: get strong. Those are great tips, and we look forward to having you again regularly on the show. I know I've learned so much from you about the right way to do a squat, the right way to hold a weight, and if I can do it because I'm, like, the laziest person in the world, then any of you can do it. Follow her on Instagram. You can reach out to me. She has very affordable rates, and she has limited space, so make sure you're in one of those slots. Welcome to this special Memorial Weekend Show, and joining us now, I call them the trio from Rock, Rock and Wrap It Up, Sid Mandelbaum, and he is here with two of his, uh, veterans who work with him tirelessly on behalf of, uh, promoting, uh, the work of veterans, helping, uh, Whatever in the community is needed, whether or not it's food bank, whether or not it's awareness and education, whatever they need to do uh, for American pride and uh, local prides as far as the work that veterans do around the world, uh, especially Americans and New Yorkers in regard to uh, protecting our country, protecting our freedoms. So, Sid, thank you so much for joining us, and introduce, please, the people you brought with us to talk about Veterans and Memorial Day weekend.
3: Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks so much for the opportunity uh, to speak to your audience about uh, things that are near and dear to us, and that is veteran affairs, but also the individual veterans in this day and age uh, have have been in the shadows uh, for the last hundred years. And uh, I'm blessed today to have two of my friends, uh, Pat Alicia, Barry DeGroote, both veterans. Pat is a retired Brigadier General of the U.S. Army and served in Vietnam. Barry, U.S. Army, served in Vietnam. And uh, I'd like to really first start by uh, talking about uh, Memorial Day and how it is different than all other holidays, including Veterans Day. Pat? Yeah, um
4: Memorial Day is a day where we honor those veterans who have made the ultimate sacrifice. They've given up their lives for this country to move forward. Uh Veterans Day is a little different. Veterans, we honor veterans who are who served and are still with us. But Memorial Day is special because those are the individuals who made the ultimate sacrifice.
1: I I was going to say, and what really is not emphasized enough on Memorial Day is it's not. Yes, the soldiers made the ultimate sacrifices, but so have the parents, so have the spouses, so have the children and grandchildren. And in today's world, we don't really discuss enough of those sacrifices because, thank God, most of us have not lived through those the the World War Ones and the World War Twos and and. We don't know it firsthand. We only know it from the stories. And I think you guys being here today is really important to emphasize that we will never forget any of these people, whether or not it was from a revolutionary war or something maybe going on around the world today.
3: I think one of the things that I like to talk about, and all of us were born uh, within five years of the end of World War II. Uh, I know that, personally, uh, I am the child of two Holocaust survivors that were liberated uh, because of the Americans and the Russians and the English and Australians, the French, that liberated the concentration camps that uh, my family were enslaved in. And so many of us would not be here had there not been the success of the Allied Forces in World War II, and uh, when I think of Memorial Day, I really am humbled by all of those people that did sacrifices at D-Day. Had there been no D-Day, there would not be a population of at least Jewish people in this country, And, uh, and my parents chose to come to America, and I was born here And uh, I feel a certain patriotism, but I also feel that I have to give back to America because uh, they allowed us to come here. Uh, My parents were not allowed to go anywhere else in the world. Uh, Israel did not take them because my mom had a heart murmur and they were very selective who they took uh, after the war. Uh, And they had to wait three years to come to the United States. Uh, They signed up in 1947, and it took until 1950 for them to be allowed to come here legally. And uh, we now have issues here with so many illegals that are coming into our country. I know, you know, that my parents came here. They had to sign papers, Cindy. They would not take any aid from the American government. No food, no welfare, no health benefits. And that's what they signed. The people that sponsored them had the responsibility of taking care of their welfare. Barry has a great story. When he was in Vietnam during the very, very beginning of the war. Barry you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. In the, in
5: the very beginning, it was very, uh, it was only 25,000 troops in Vietnam. It was, uh more of an advisory outfit and uh it was uh very different from what the other afterwards that what pat went through and other thousands of men went and women went through during the war what years did you serve in vietnam october of 63 to october of 1964.
1: So I I know that you're very proud of the service that you've done, all of you, and you have a whole group and you work with other groups within it. You have within your group, Jewish war veterans, Italian. I mean, there's so many uh, people that are part of so many different groups. But what's more important is that you never forgot the word service and appreciation for others. I know all of you from the work you do with feeding and helping those that are less fortunate than yourselves or helping uh, community organizations. And and really, Memorial Day is really, yes, it's national, but it's really about community uh, service and community working together. It's the one time, whether it's the parade which all of you are involved in or whether or not it's a local fundraising event. It's really community, and you guys all represent that so well. Tell us a little bit about, I guess I'm going to put this towards Sid because he was a creator of uh, Rock and Wrap It Up, and tell us some of the work you do and about the upcoming events you are having for all Long Islanders that's a great model for uh, local organizations nationwide.
3: Well, let me first segue into what the three of us do on a weekly basis and that uh, through the contacts that we've made uh, through Rock and Wrap It Up uh, with local stores, uh, uh, Pat and Barry and I and another dozen volunteers are able uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays to offer food to veterans and those that are, in some cases, fighting cancer and uh, have uh, immune systems that are not as strong as others. The, the veteran farmers market was really set up so that people would be less at risk by not having to go into stores. And the market is set up uh, outdoors for the most part, that, uh, that people can go and get food that has been graciously donated by Trader Joe's, by Costco by Wall's Bake Shop, by Chipotle, the Bagelry, Cinco Bagels in Rockville Center, uh, Crawford, Totties. They uh, donate food, literally, that is in-date food. We never are given things that are expired. Everything is as you would go if you went to a store. And the people that come, come for the food, but they also come for the camaraderie that all of us felt when we were in the service. And the the one thing that I, I give our military such credit for is that all of us, you know, had our own bigotries and prejudices, you know, going into the army, just the natural way that in the neighborhoods we were brought up in. Once you're in the service, all that falls aside. You work together as a team. And I can't emphasize that there's been no better uh, relations than having this. Anthony, I'm going to interview. Let me play back. We, we work together with different genders, different races, different ages uh, to make this market happen. And then once uh, people have shopped, uh, I want Pat to touch a little bit about the camaraderie that has taken place. I I, I think it is that in addition to doing the
4: shopping, uh, they like the socialization aspect of it. Yeah, and, and I have been
1: where- Pat. I've been invited to it. I can vouch for it. <laughs> what a nice group of people there are, and people just come to socialize and be with you guys because you're genuine friends.
4: And then I, at times I look at Sid and Barry. It's eleven o'clock, eleven ten. Nobody wants to move. You know, they're so happy to be around other veterans and talking about different activities. So I think that's a bonus to the the overall uh, farmers market. You know,
1: what do you say when people discuss veterans and um, people that are in service now, and what are the changes going on in our military, and how do you explain, especially to children?
3: You know, that that's a great point. Uh, what has gotten better in some ways are the benefits that uh, are given to people that are currently serving. When we served, we uh, had what was called the GI benefits, which lasted uh, some years. Uh, during the last two administrations, uh, uh, during Trump and Obama, Uh, they put together something called the Forever Benefits. So when you serve currently, you are able to go to school until you're in your 60s. And it's covered by by these benefits. And the VA hospitals have gotten much better than when we came out of the service. I was a medic when I served in the Air Force. And uh, during uh, the Vietnam era, all of the people that were injured were sent directly to their VA hospitals closest to their homes. That's changed a little bit. But now that the VA hospitals are that good, you want to go for the services that the VA hospitals offer. And that was not the case 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the entire system has been upgraded uh, with regard to what the uh, vector is able to get out of it. Another thing that uh, I think has been very important over the last 50 years has been the way that we handle people that suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTS. Uh, That's something that affects many, many soldiers. And uh, there are now services available uh, both through the VAs as well as through private carriers that can help men and women that have uh, suffered through PTS
1: uh tell us a little bit you have an upcoming event on long island that uh many of our listeners would be interested in and getting to learn more about your group because i have to tell you you know we are talking here about veterans and about food banks but they have really established themselves as a leader uh with many local and even international celebrities as well so tell us about the upcoming event please and how our audience can participate
3: That'd be great. Thank you, Cindy. So, Rock and Wrap It Up has been around 33 years. It started in 1991. And I will tell you that uh, we uh, are a think tank that develops tactics and strategies to have all of the uh, ways in which poverty could uh, in, uh, affect people handled. And uh, one of the things that uh, this event will do. We are focusing on a local uh, man we're honoring by the name of Jonathan Glaubach. Jonathan Glaubach uh, has been part of a very philanthropic family for for many, many years. And Jonathan has a store in town uh, called Under 510. And John's been able to donate to us in the last five years over three hundred thousand dollars in merchandise. That's fantastic. Food, pants, shirts, uh items that he purchases extra and he donates them to the five town area to help at-risk populations. So John But it
1: but your work isn't limited to the five towns. People no. come from all over Long Island and the Queens border. So I just want to make it clear you don't have to live in the five towns To be a part of this fundraiser or to get Mm involved.
3: So uh, one of the things that we have been blessed is the uh, relationships that we've developed over the last 33 years are national. And uh, we have a huge footprint in sports uh, throughout the United States. Here in the New York area, uh, all of Madison Square Garden teams, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, all food that is prepared but not served or sold at their stadiums are donated to Rock and Wrap It Up affiliates. Most of our uh, people are faith-based. So we have churches, synagogues, mosques that do food recovery for their individual pantries and shelters. And the teams that we have uh, have been very, very generous uh, Madison Square Garden just took a foursome uh, to play in a golf outing at the Rockaway Hunting Club on June 5th. Uh, That's when John is going to be honored, Uh, and we have openings available if people want to play golf that day. Uh, They can go to our website, rockandwrapitup.org, and take a look at some of the uh, things that are offered to them. Uh, One of the nice things is that this golf course was a restricted golf course for a hundred years. They did not allow Italians, Jews, blacks, Hispanics, to play until about 10 years ago. And now it has everyone there, but a lot of people want to play it because it was one of the oldest courses in the United States, formed in 1876.
1: So go ahead, finish up what you're going to say.
3: So we are looking, you know, to have uh, people to come honor Jonathan, but also uh, to play golf.
1: Well, that's great. I'm going to be cra- I'm not playing golf. But I'm going to crash because we're going to be filming some of this live, sharing it on our social media for all of our followers. Because your work, that's just one night. You guys are so dedicated. 360, you know. 365 days, 24 hours, seven days a week. And you actually, even like you said, most of the time it's outdoors. And when it's raining, you have indoor places where you go.
3: You know what? Uh, Hunger never goes away. And uh, we live in a country that the best we've ever done is to have 33 million people food insecure. We've never been lower than that in modern times. And when the economy has been awful, it's upwards of 50 billion Americans that don't know where the next meal is coming from. So a lot of the work that we've done over the years is really predicated on waste in the United States. You can't have an economy that doesn't have waste, regardless of how much they try to, because everyone still has a profit incentive. No one wants to throw away money, but no one's found a perfect way of doing Uh, doing food without having some overage and uh, that could be as simple as your audience if they're making a wedding of bar mitzvah uh, confirmation uh, they could easily put in their contract a very simple stipulation that says all edible leftover food prepared but not served cannot feed uh, not be thrown away must feed the hungry and rock and wrap it up will arrange for the recovery And we work with so many individuals that make sure that uh, it's in their contracts. Sadly, uh, when there is a death, there might be a meal that takes place after the funeral. In the Jewish faith, there might be a shiva, and uh, there's a lot of food left over. We so much believe, and we have a number of rabbis that talk about in memory of the person that has passed, there's nothing that will elevate them more into heaven than using food from their shiva to feed those that are at risk.
1: And we're going to share that information too here. And I'm going to share it on my social media because it's so important. And it's something as easy as even uh, ordering food in from a barbecue and something is sealed, closed or whatever. I mean, I know so many people now are home entertaining and having caterers come and personal chefs.
3: So we, uh, we've been very blessed to have that. And uh, we have over 5,000 volunteers throughout the United States and Canada. And uh, we've had people that have been with us for years. And as you said earlier, you know, we, we've been very blessed to have a lot of uh, celebrities that have partaken uh, to uh, advertise what we do. The first band to join us was the Rolling Stones in 1994, uh, and that wasn't because of me. Mick Jagger in 1971 asked his caterers to find ways to give their backstage food to feed the hungry. And they couldn't do it. We came around in 1991 and his <laughs> manager read about us in Rolling Stone magazine and basically called up and said, you know, Mick had this idea you know, in 1971 and you just made it easy for us to be your first band." And the second band to join us was Aerosmith, the first American band to join us. And uh, uh, it was through uh, it was through a lot of articles in Rolling Stone, but more importantly, we were a, a darling of very early MTV. Uh, in 1994, MTV did a Labor Day special on Rock and Wrap It Up that included the Rolling Stones. And millions of people saw the piece. And I got phone calls from all over the United States. People wanting to serve God by going backstage and doing food recovery. We had to separate a little bit of the wheat from the chaff. Some people were interested in going backstage. Uh, but right. but we, were, we were able to get over that. And uh, we, we have been growing ever since. Uh, and the need has continued to grow.
1: So I want to go back to Memorial Day because in so many people's minds, Memorial Day is sales in the stores and the beginning of summer and going to the beach. But it really is something much more important. And I'm going to ask both the veterans, one on each side of you, to really, I want to ask them, what is the most important um, feeling you have or what's your one takeaway you want to share about Memorial Day and Memorial Weekend that you want future generations to really know?
4: Well, I, I, as I said earlier, I think Memorial Day is a day where we set aside to honor those individuals who made the ultimate sacrifice. I'm a firm believer that, All veterans are part of my extended family. And if we don't take the time to honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice, then nobody else is going to do that. So we set the example, and we do this on a regular basis in the hope that everybody else in the community will also do the same. Now, I'm a a, a commander of an American Legion post in Malvern, and we will have a a, uh, Memorial Day parade And the whole community participates. It's really a wonderful activity. We have the Boy Scouts. We have the Little League. And it's nice because the whole purpose behind it is to remind all these people who are living in a free country and can do what they want to do because certain people made that ultimate sacrifice.
1: And when is your parade in Malvern?
4: It's on uh, Monday, Memorial Day at 945.
1: Okay, so we'll have time. And, of course, the Memorial Weekend in the uh, Lawrence Cedarhurst area, where Sid and I are from, is on Sunday morning, as this is ongoing. But people are going to be listening to this afterwards. But. It's not so much just the parade, it's the idea of people gathering locally, and I emphasize that to people. Get to know your neighbors, get to know your local businesses, work together. This is something that you could do all ages, all backgrounds, all political affiliations, because... Veterans and those that made the ultimate sacrifice, they didn't shoot, you know, die whether or not they had an R or a D on their shoulder. They died as an American. And I think that's really something that is getting lost so much these days that we can bring back, especially to children and people who are younger and really need to learn more about um the ultimate sacrifice. We don't talk about sacrifice enough. We try to shelter our younger people today. And What was your biggest memory that you, or or, or the learning teaching point you want to share about Memorial Day?
5: Well, after I was left Vietnam, I had a cousin over there, Lieutenant Colonel Albert Pitt, and his flight of two aircraft disappeared from radar, and they're still missing. The four members are still missing from the the war. So uh, that's how I go back and think about it. And uh, also around here, the Inwood community is also having a parade on Sunday at noontime. So I participate in the Lawrence Cedarhurst parade and leave that right after and go back into Inwood. And uh, we have a vehicle in there with a uh, memorial on top of the car and uh, we drive in that parade also.
1: Well, it just goes to show you how everybody participates with each other, veterans. It doesn't matter where you live or what you do, and you go all day from parade to parade all weekend. For it doesn't matter, and it's not just parades, like you said. There are other events as well. Um, there are uh, lots of uh, salutes at memorials. There are a lot of lots of visits to uh, burial uh, sites, et cetera. Uh, Sid asked me to share a couple of things here because Sid is really an extraordinary person with many, many talents. And one of them I can honestly say is author. Sid is, as he mentioned, is a child of Holocaust survivors and he is very proud of that fact. And he really, um, he literally does wear it on his body. (laughs) If anybody who knows him, he has tattoos with it that we should never forget the Holocaust Sid, tell us a little bit about your book.
3: So uh, this is my second book. Uh, I wrote a book 10 years ago uh, called uh, Fighting Poverty in America uh, and Using Superstars to Fight That Battle. And uh, that book is available on Amazon. Uh, What I've been writing for the last uh, seven years is I call uh, A Folio of Wild Poetry and Prose and it's a couple of hundred stories uh poetry uh but also prose on some of the projects that we've been involved with that uh, we thought people would be very interested in uh because my uh my educational background is very varied i've been really lucky to be influenced by so many people whose shoulders i stand on and uh I was uh, very blessed to be involved uh, in the early times of uh, the use of DNA for forensic work. I was a consultant at Harvard uh, at the uh, Center for Blood Research at the medical school. And this was before the opened PhDs in genetics. We were all kind of self-taught. And at the time I became very close friends with a guy named Jim Watson, who won the Nobel Prize for uh, DNA in 1961 and he's at Cold Spring Harbor, which is uh, a big science lab here. And it was through the work with uh, Cold Spring Harbor and at Harvard that I uh, I took my interest into doing uh, things that were very tactical. Uh, we, uh, we solved the mystery of Anastasia, a woman who had claimed to be the uh, daughter of Tsar Nicholas and Tsarina Alexandra. Uh, we proved that she was not <laughs> and it was the first use of DNA uh, globally to solve a conundrum which uh, had been bothering people and uh, in the last couple of years Pat and I had a uh, experience uh, one of our close friends uh, of veterans uh, a local comedian named Jackie Markling Jackie the joke man Markling uh, who in, in his own way has served veterans in ways that uh, No one really would have thought that he he was on a transport paid for by Gary Sinace, the actor, to entertain troops in harm's way in Kuwait and Iraq uh, during the desert storm. Wow. And and Jackie has been very involved in us. But Jackie's family lives in Oyster Bay uh, for the last uh, 170 years. And they always thought that they were relatives of Teddy Roosevelt, who comes from Oyster Bay. Right. And, uh, I was able to, uh, with the use of Jackie's DNA and some of his relatives who, uh, were very active in America, uh, his, uh, cousin John Hall, uh, ran, uh, Dwight Eisenhower's campaign in 1956. And his, uh, great uncle Leonard Hall, uh, served in Congress under Teddy Roosevelt from 1900 to, uh, 1910. And uh, they all uh, thought they were relatives, and had uh, helped me, he was our witness, we actually uh, disproved Jackie's relationship <laughs> to Teddy Roosevelt, uh, which did not sit well with any of the uh, Martlings, but sat very well with the Roosevelt's.
5: <laughs> the
1: other thing that Sid wants to talk a little bit about and share, he is very involved he sent me some information, and I'm going to let him uh, actually explain it better than me, because it's his baby, about an act that he would like to see uh, legislation on.
3: Well, it's, it is a means of giving back to the poor of this country. Uh, if we had more dollars that were taxed, then there would be more services available to veterans, and to people that are at risk, and even to peoples that are living here that are uh, not doing well financially. And the underground economy in this country is over a trillion dollars, and none of it is taxed. And uh, Rock and Wrap It Up would like to see uh, a passage of uh, an act called the Tax Capture Act. And in that act, we would like have All funds that are sent overseas that have not had taxes paid on, have those taxes paid. And uh, that money to go to the federal government and to the states. And right now, and as our population knows, there are tens of thousands of migrants coming into this country every week. And they are having uh, to have the states that are uh, the sanctuary states and cities are taking them in. It's costing their local people billions of dollars. Well, we would love to see that some of that money captured if people are working here and sending money overseas that is not taxed. That money should be taxed, and there are means of doing it that are very simple. The Homeland Security is already looking at every transaction that goes from America to another country to make sure it doesn't go to terrorism. Well, it would not be that difficult uh, to add an IRS factor and have them examine funds that are being sent over to sea to see if state and federal taxes were paid on that money.
1: We'd love to find out more what you're doing, but unfortunately, we have to wrap it up here. Rock and wrap it up.
5: (laughs) That
4: was good.
1: I, uh, I have to really thank the three of you for your service. And on this Memorial (laughs) Weekend special, I want to thank everybody who uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice. And, of course, the generations afterwards who never got to know their fathers and grandfathers because they made the ultimate sacrifice. Because you, you feel it more than any one of us. And your ancestors should never be forgotten.
3: Amen. Thank Amen. you. Thank,
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. I am the warrior. Well, I am the warrior. And the... Our next guest on this special Memorial Weekend show is Madeline Brame, who many of you know. You've seen her on practically every single major television, and uh, you've heard her on every radio interview. And you've seen her on the cover of every newspaper. She has been very outspoken about her son. Her son was a veteran of the Afghanistan war. He came home. So you would think, why would she be on a Memorial Weekend show? Well, when we, when he came home, the honor of service that he gave to his country was not respected. And she is actually. Uh, grieving her son's death the same way those that died in war. Mothers of uh, soldiers that died in war uh, are going through everyday grief. And she is here to discuss that uh, war and veterans, and remembering those on Memorial Day is something that we have to really take more seriously. So I want to thank you, Madeline, for joining us. I know how busy you are. I know you work. I know you work tirelessly in so many organizations. We're going to get into a little bit of that later. But I want to talk about your son, a Marine veteran from the Afghanistan War, Hassan Korea, a father of three young babies, who luckily did come home from war, but mm-hmm. then he was murdered by enemies, just like enemies murdered soldiers during the war. But there mm-hmm. was something even worse. How he, you know, at least when soldiers die at war, they have a an honorable burial and people honor their deaths. Your son did not have that. Just briefly, just remind people what happened to your son.
2: Well, um, my son, my oldest son, um, Sergeant Hassan Korea, he's actually an Army veteran. He said Marine, but he's um, an Army, yeah. Um, that's um, what I read, actually. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Afghanistan research. War, yeah, Af- Af- Afghanistan War, retired Army veteran. He was a sergeant. Um, uh, Hassan served six months in Afghanistan, and um his wife probably worried more than I did while he was overseas. You know, he would call me briefly, but um, she was there, you know, with the with the babies by herself, so she probably worried more than I did. Um, it was a surreal experience while Hassan was, you know, um, in Afghanistan and I was elated when he made it home in one piece, you know. Um, if experienced anything over there, any traumatic experiences, he he did not, you know, let anyone know that he was affected by it in, in any type of way. You know, he, he did share because he, he wore the medals of honor that he received and he, he returned enemy fire on the Taliban and he also had two kills on the battlefield. So he was in live combat, all right, and he survived that. The only comeback, you know, um, to the Filthy streets of Harlem and be slaughtered in, in the street like, um, like an animal. He was ambushed by um, a family of two brothers, a sister and their friend, where uh, the the three men involved were repeat predicate violent felony offenders who probably had no business being out anyway. One of them actually was out on parole for less than a year for attempted murder on a police officer. So he had no business even being out, all right? So Hassan got into an altercation, protecting his father, and that's what the military trains the soldiers to do to protect and serve, all right? And uh, he saw his father in a dangerous situation. His father is 60 years old, and a young man was attacking him. So Hassan jumped in it, and um, anyway... (laughs) this person went back and got these people. Went back and got these people and uh, they came and they instigated and anyway one thing led to another and Hassan was just, you know, butchered in the street like, like an animal. All right. Um, Kick punched, stomped and stabbed. Chased, held on to while others stabbed um, by all four people that was captured on video. So, um, fast forward a little bit, all four were apprehended, um, charged and indicted for first-degree gang assault, second-degree murder. Um, this all happened in 2018. So uh, they sat in Michael's Island, you know, um, held with no bail because of the heinousness and the brutality um, of this crime. Me and my family were treated like garbage. By the Manhattan uh, district attorney and the Manhattan criminal court system, you know I, I, you know, um, really don't envy any mother who is waiting for an arrest to be made in their child's murder case. Because I hate to say it, but based on my experience, they're better off with no arrest being made than having to be drugged through that horror of the system and trying to get justice and trying to get justice for their child, for the murder of their child, because, you know, it's compounded, um, the trauma of it, the disrespect of it, the dishonor of it. They are completely dishonored Hassan, his his, his service to the country, you know, just him being a human being, you know, um, they identified him as the deceased, they never said him by name. they also identified him as a fictitious character, and the most important people in that room were in the courtroom were the people who killed him you know and this is verbatim all right in you know during court proceedings, and I had to sit there and listen to that you know the way they vilified my boy all right they vic- they 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 criminalized him and they victimized the killers. Um, And 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 there was,
1: I was going to say, and there was no
2: honor given to him
1: as a veteran.
2: None, not one mention, not one mention. Mm -hmm. And the only time they actually heard it was when at the sentencing. Is when I gave my victim impact statement. Because if no one else was going to say it and honor him, I definitely was, you know, so they didn't know, you know, they knew that day when I gave my victim impact statement in which the judge actually tried to cut me off. All right. And so I had to turn in and, and kind of, you know, um, go in on the judge a little bit as well. You know, let him know, listen, I sat here for four years, you know, and I watched and I, I, watched and I listened to you testify my son stab him nine times all over again, over and over and over. All right. The least, you know, they could have done was let me finish my victim impact statement, all right? Because I knew that I wasn't going to get any justice, no real justice. You know, two of the people involved in his murder, Alvin Bragg, completely dismissed the gang assault and murder indictments against two of them, all right? Um, Mary Saunders and Travis Stewart. Mary um, <clears throat> is the one who instigated the fight, went and got her brothers. She's the one who held Hassan from behind and prevented him from running away. She chased him twice into the street, right? She held him while her brother stabbed. You know, and um if it wasn't for her, Hassan could have defended himself, okay? Um, against maybe one or two of the guys, even if they did have a knife. There was four with a knife against one in his hands. There was no way he could have defended himself against that. No oh, way.
1: No. You know and so what does Memorial Day mean to you because you are a mother mm-hmm. a family member of multiple people in the military yes. so what does it mean to you
2: well, from a little girl you know we we um i'm I'm raised in a conservative household, a very patriotic household my family um dates back to the buffalo soldiers the Kess wow. mountain Division yes. Half Mountain Division. So every male in my family has been in the military. In every act of combat all over the globe. All right. So um, we we are very, very proud Americans. We're proud um, to be able to serve. Um, I marched in many, many, many Memorial Day parades. I played the clarinet all the way from the fourth grade to the twelfth grade. I've so I've watched Navy Parade. So when you were talking about a parade earlier, you know, it brought back some memories. You know, they don't do that anymore and I years. bet you're not discussing that on Hannity or Laura Ingram. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do remember. I do remember. And you know, um, it's it's just Memorial Day means to me, you know, freedoms. You know, um what our military men and women have been doing the sacrifices they've made for our country so we can be free, so we can sleep at night without worrying about someone attacking us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we know that there's somewhere in the world and the United States of America is standing up and um, being that, that light, the strong light. I don't know about mm-hmm. so much nowadays, but, you know, um, I know that we have that's who we are and I also have my younger son is currently a um, 82nd airborne he's a paratrooper he's uh stationed in Fort Bragg so you know he's doing extremely well and um I'm proud of him so you know the, the legacy lives on probably my grandsons Hassan's sons will probably go to the military you know so it, it, it's just what we do So in our closing, before we close, because there's so much to
1: discuss with you and you're going to come back on. If you look at your resume, you're involved with the Victims' Rights Reform Council. You're involved with Blexit. uh, You're involved in so many uh, causes for military, for families of victims. And just tell us one of the big upcoming events you're involved with with Blexit and Turning Point is that's going to take place in the Northeast.
2: Yes. Um on January, um not January. Ooh, I jumped to next year. June seventeenth. I'm sorry. June seventeenth, that's on Saturday. We um will be doing a Liberation Live with um live appearances by Candace Owens, Brendan Tatum, uh Pierre Wilson, and there's a few other people on the lineup as well. You know, um we're gonna be at the uh music hall of Williamsburg. That's in Brooklyn, okay? Um, the show starts at 3 o'clock. Um, you can go to their website at www.lexitfoundation.org and get your free tickets. Everybody is entitled to three free tickets per phone number. So this is a free event, okay? Um, get there early. seats are limited. So um, that that's one thing that's coming up June 7th. June 17th. Um, and then we have the uh, Victims' Rights Reform Council. We will be doing a fundraiser soon. So you can also visit us at my website at www.victimsrightsreformcouncil.org. Well, we're so- going to have you back before that. And we're going to talk you. continuously because uh,
1: we have been discussing, uh, it's not for this show, but the rebuilding of the Black Jewish relationship that needs to be rebuilt. Yes and one of the ways it can be we have been victims of a, load of, uh, attacks, a lot of attacks hate crimes yep and you are fa- your family knows about that unfortunately in, in the worst way possible and we're going to have you back to discuss that and i know both you and i are marching in memorial day parades and going yes. to uh, <laughs> uh, services Should i i bring to- my clarinet <laughs> absolutely Alan Brand thank you so much for joining the Jewess
2: Patriot and thank we'll you. have you back soon <laughs> thank you Cindy <laughs> bye bye.
0: it's your American Patriot DJ Drew Shelton and man what a show here today by the Jewess Patriot Cindy Gross before we leave you I just want to talk about and play for you one of the most popular songs out there dedicated to those who died serving in the military. This song is called More Than a Name on a Wall. It's by the Statler Brothers and Jimmy Fortune. He was inspired to write this tribute after a visit to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall in Washington, D.C. More Than a Name on a Wall became the first Statler Brothers song to reach the top 10 of the Billboard country charts way back in 1989. Fortune says this, The spirit of the place, it will overwhelm you. I was standing there with soft music playing in the background. I was actually seeing a woman laying down flowers and tracing a name. All this stuff playing out in my mind and this profound statement kept coming up in my head. They are more than a name, on a wall. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. This is the Jewess Patriot, Cindy Gross. Until next time, take care of yourself. Choose love. Choose joy. Choose kindness in this crazy world. See you next week. I saw
6: her from a distance As she walked up to the wall In her hand she held some flowers As her tears began to fall that she took out pen and paper as to trace her memories. Then she looked up to heaven and the words she said were these. She said, the Lord, my boy was special and he meant so much to me. And oh, I'd love to see him. Just one more time, you see, all I have are the memories and the moments too. Lord, this time I know He's not coming home to me And she said, Lord, my boy was special And he meant so much to me And oh, I'd love to see him But I know it just can't be So I thank you for my memory the moments to recall, but Lord, could you tell him, he's more